1: brake wheel fix is a wheel repair and remanufacturing company with over 20 years of experience they specialize in complete wheel repair repairing wheels from curb rash bends and cracks they also specialize in refinishing from polishing machining and custom colors that will suit your car's needs lastly brake wheel fix offers a full array of factory and custom wheel and tire applications contact them at 305 748 0112 That's 305 748 0112 or at you break wheel fix on all social platforms. This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than sixty years, combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market, you have access to them 24-7. Walk in, call in, click in through Lewis you can find them online on social media at SFAgentPeters, or you can call at 305 275 5585. Remember, lewispeters.com. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay use the promo code FIVE that's F-I-V-E FIVE and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 but first sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today
0: Welcome to 3 Yards Per Carry a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Now here's your hosts Chris Alf and
1: Simon, and we're on, and welcome to 3 Yards for Carry. I'm Alfred Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. And what you just heard was audio from the seventh ring of hell that Chris Kaufman recorded on, what was it, Saturday?
2: Also known as Tampa.
1: <laughs> well, Raymond Jean Stadium,
2: mm. or whatever
3: that section was. <laughs>
2: aka the hottest stadium in,
3: on earth
1: so how did that come about Chris everybody just heard the audio how did that come about this guy's a national treasure evidently
2: he is a national treasure He's this is performance art uh, I sat. unfortunately I had to sit next to this guy and he was like humongous he was a 300 pound just very large very tall human and so like obviously he's invading my chair space quite a bit Um, and, and, you know, in addition to that, he's just, just talking constantly shouting onto the field, just everything. He's absolutely the fan that knows who, who exactly he wants to see to get the ball. Every single play calls, the fumble, every single play, whether there's a fumble or not. Uh, you know just he's like he's like saying ball out like one second into every play like every time the quarterback like drops back to pass or something like that he's like ball out ball out ball out (laughs) he's just one of those guys it's like the most annoying and yet and yet like it was definitely like I I kind of appreciated how bad it was (laughs) that just just had to sit back um, I rather yeah, enjoyed.
1: Was... I rather enjoyed that he thought that there's like some type of you know fraternal order of
2: zebras everywhere, or people with stripes, right? Striped animals, and they all agree that these refs are the worst. Were them. they the worst? Were, were there some bad calls being made no, at there, that moment? No, there was just. it was just normal. There was like maybe one uh, that I was like, oh, that yeah, that was that was really questionable.
3: We should get the um we should get the ball out guy on to do our um to do our adverts for uh, manscaped.
2: <laughs> we just need to take the clip and just like keep playing it yeah over and over, like in between in between our lines when we're talking about manscaped. Ball out.
3: Manscaped uh ball another, out. whoever is their rep for them, um, probably just thought it was three idiots just doing this trial. Now we've got an actual we've got a hype man who can actually come in <laughs> and sell this shit.
2: I, man, <laughs> oh, uh, man! This guy was this guy was great. This guy, like he, he it's been shared around. Like Mina Kimes, I, I I tagged Mina Kimes in it because I just wanted to see her just laugh like uproariously in his face and, and just not even be able to say anything if they tried to debate on anything like pies or anything. You know, it's just and she she replied back and you know other people are like tagging Lebetsard Show on it and stuff like that. It's it's, it's pretty funny it's um this guy was this guy was uh superb
1: but you're not telling everybody the whole picture like you know this is a an uh, you know nobody has video of this although you've posted it so they, they could go to your twitter account
2: to see it but the guy yeah. has an eric Rhett jersey and it's a throwback oh. eric Rhett jersey definitely it's a creamsicle well i don't is there any other eric rett jersey i I don't Shouldn't think they? he survived
1: i believe I don't think he survived
2: they? to the pewter power really no, I don't you think know what? so. that's a good, that's a good, that's a, that's a good callback. So all, all Eric Drett jerseys are definitely the, the creamsicle throwbacks and he stripped the sleeves down as well as like the, the, the end of the shirt, like the, the bottom of the shirt, he like stripped them into like, you know, ultimate warrior style, like fringes. And I mean, this guy was just, you know, I, I, I joked about it. I bet when he gets to the stadium, he like, he hits he hits like a special dance like Ray Lewis does when he gets <laughs> when he does the squirrel when he gets on the field. Yeah. Like he just he's just that excited. And uh and then he goes out there and just berates the refs for well it's a miracle minutes. he's
1: alive after his team had just won a, a Super Bowl, right? Like or after that much
2: drinking because there was a lot. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: but what a celebration this guy must have had oh. in February. Oh do you man. think he remembers? Do you think he remembers like that entire month? no not no, a chance you can't there's no way not a chance he just
1: has vague memories of a touchdown pass here or there or a play that was made here or there
0: yeah like, like he
1: knows else. that they won the super bowl and that's all
0: <laughs> yes
1: he might not even know the opponents but he, he knows Maybe. that they won you know well, speaking won. of super bowls dolphins seem to have played in one on saturday because everybody's lost their their minds on twitter but
2: over... we lost we lost it by the way yes we did we, we, did. we, we lost probably. the super bowl
3: yeah. ask a genuine question? Why why do you think so many people get sandy vaginas about like the media saying something? Or I find it hilarious that people are so caught up in like, oh, then somebody said this about Justin Fields, but they didn't say it about Tua and and somebody did this. And, and it's just like
2: Well I'm more talking about the fans. Yeah, people because this is, this is all because. the reaction that I've heard is the fans being like, you know, but that's what God. I mean. It's
3: like fans like it's come on like I don't know. Maybe it's just it's the off season. Everybody's excited. I think gonna, I think people, people have been locked up in the houses for eighteen months. But it's like fucking hell. Calm down. Who gives a fuck? I think people two,
1: are married it, to their phones, and they they like, just they're just scouring for content. And then all the content that they look for is the negative stuff to, that that rouses them up. But it's and like too it, intentional.
3: Two is either going to be good or he isn't. And if he's good, then it's fine. And if it is, if he isn't, then so be it. But ultimately the field will decide. Do you know what I mean? He, he, he yes. will, you know, and if he's great, amazing. And if he's not, well, then we move on. But it's just like this whole kind of, he said, she said, my my dad's bigger than your dad. My dick's bigger than your dick. It's just like, it's such a tiresome pissing competition. It's like, oh, Justin Fields got three centimeters longer in the um, Chicago Tribune than he did in the Miami. Her- and it's just like, nobody gives a fuck. Like nobody gives a fuck it's just you know, like, gives,
2: you know who gives a fuck angry bucks fan guy well yeah
3: but, yeah ball, <laughs> ball ball
2: out. yeah but like <laughs> so there's nothing in the
1: flat nothing in, nothing in the
2: was... middle nothing in the flat wow man that, that's really good defense is what i would that'd say make, that would make a really good that'd make a really good like you know hip-hop like a hook <laughs> yes. nothing in the middle nothing in the flat
3: I'd 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 love to um i'd love to hear you do it chris
2: and <laughs> put me on Auto Tune. like give me give me nothing in the middle nothing in the flat and just shout out poindexters
3: I've always uh, thought you were the NARS of this group this triumvirate clearly. I always thought you were kind of
2: more like a more little Nas X
3: yeah <laughs> you were like a lost member of Public Enemy or were you Definitely. on the Defiant Ones I'm pretty sure I saw you
2: <laughs> oh man well I guess we have to talk about this game right <laughs> Do we? Because everybody's just still. I'm ready to yeah.
3: go. <laughs> I got dinner.
2: Well,
1: uh I guess we can start with the quarterbacks, right? Uh, Tuatonga Valoa. I thought he was good. Uh, he had that one mistake, but overall, your impressions of what he did on Saturday. I thought, you know, I enjoyed very much watching him play on Saturday. I thought he was very, very good, except for that one play. Your thoughts, Simon.
3: Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed watching him. I thought two things, or a few things, actually. I thought rhythm. He looked rhythmically much better. He looked much sounder. He looked like he understood where the ball was going on every single snap. He looked just looked in charge. He looks totally different. He looks different physically, but he looks like he's in charge. He understands where the football needs to go, and that, I thought that was really important. Um and the second thing is the accuracy. You know, you can't knock the accuracy. I mean, his arm isn't ever going to be the strongest in the league. You know, it's it, it's moderate to, to good. Um, and sometimes it, it shows up just a little bit that it's not quite at the upper echelon that you'd really love it. But my goodness, the accuracy is, you know, the the, the completion to Matt Collins between two defenders Um was a really good throw. Uh, But the throw that stood out for me actually was the short throw to Mike Gesicki on third and four or third and six. And it was in literally the only place that Gesicki could catch it. It was a sort of down to Gesicki's left with a defender draped all over him. And the defender's hand must've been, you know, millimeters away from the ball, but it was so beautifully feathered in that it was only the place where Gesicki could catch it. So I think ultimately I thought he played well. Um, I don't I don't have a problem with him throwing the interception. I, I actually would have liked, you know, there were lots of people going, it was Adam Shaheen's fault. It's not to, you know, it, it, there's a little bit of it being Shaheen. You'd like to see him work back to the ball, but, you know, sometimes you just go, <laughs> it's okay for Tua to make a mistake, people. It's like, yes. don't worry too much. But I'd much rather him be aggressive and get that throw out of his system and go and look at it on film and think, okay, I need to just just be a beat quicker because Shaheen's open. A beat quicker and it gets there. But I, I don't have an issue with that interception at all. Um, and Shaheen, if he doesn't stop, if he just works back to the ball just a tiny bit, it's a touchdown. And then, you know, I mean, in a way, it's quite good that he didn't throw the touchdown because I, I just think the amount of spunk that that Miami fans would be chucking all over the <laughs> internet would have been, you know, we'd have drowned in it. Um, you know, it, first regular season game, uh, first uh, preseason game and all. But yeah, I, th- I thought it was very encouraging. It was the, you know, it, there were a number of encouraging things that I saw and a number of slightly more discouraging things. And that was certainly um, in the encouraging entry.
2: Chris? Yeah. So let's, I, I, the Shaheen thing, I don't, I don't really care what Shaheen was doing. You know, maybe if we're grading Shaheen, we'll be like, you know, hey, you could have, you could have been a little bit better about it. that. Was a mistake on to his part. Let's, do you
3: think if he was vaccinated, he'd have caught yeah. it?
2: I think so. Yeah. I think I think uh I if he was it was definitely well, if, he would, it, it, well, if he would come if, back if you come back for the ball like uh like he comes back for uh for another uh Facebook post from uh from Ben Shapiro, then um then yeah he would uh he would have maybe Well I can make that.
1: a case if he wasn't you know if he announced to everybody that he wasn't vaccinated, maybe they don't get as close to him and to pick off that ball, you know what I mean? <laughs> and maybe he could catch it for a touchdown. I don't know. Uh, I I
2: just don't, don't see. I don't see putting it on him. I think that that's you know whatever, um, and and so you know it's not it's not something that I'm gonna. He was late and over the middle, like in yeah. in, the, in the end zone. I mean, come that. on, you can't do that. I mean, it's just it's stupid. So, um, but yeah, he, otherwise he he did have a good game. Something that I wonder sometimes about a pass like that with the interception is not only was he late and over the middle, and you can't do that, but you know, hey, was there a lot of was there a lot of um juice on that throw? You know, did that factor into the fact that the guy could cross? You know, because he crossed zones, right? He crossed from the other side, yeah, of the of the hash to get over there and and rob it. Like, and sometimes that's a matter of timing. Like, you know, can you? Can you squeeze it in there before that guy can quite get there? Um, and and that's where we talk about sometimes the arm strength and maybe maybe that would have factored in. I'm not actually sure. I I kind of have to check for myself on those things. Um, but yeah, otherwise, you know, really good accuracy. Like he 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 knew where to go with the ball. He was, I mean, people people. Oh, he doesn't let it fly and stuff. Well, it was silly because last year he was asked to throw into tighter windows than pretty much any quarterback in the league, right? Uh, more often than any quarterback in the league mm-hmm. and yeah sometimes there were times when you're like yeah you really needed to let that one fly and you didn't um and and that's that's a valid uh criticism but in general like he was he was asked to throw in a tighter woods. if there's anything discouraging is that like we just saw more of that tighter window stuff like it, it didn't seem like every completion every ball he was throwing was like defender was right there (laughs) yeah (laughs) right really really right there and and that still makes me wonder about the offense and the structure of the offense and what what we're doing that way um but you know at the same time uh, he did fit it in there and he did um and he was aggressive that way and let his guys make a play and um and so I thought he had a a good a decent outing it was decent because you can't throw that end zone you can't you know it's not a good outing when you throw that ball in the end zone uh that was his fault and they have a pick and they lose points because of it so um you know decent start not could have been better definitely definitely could have been a lot worse i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like sing his praises about this one it's not a hill i'm gonna die on
1: now his uh his completion on that out route from the right hash to the left boundary, to Matt Collins, that showed some some arm strength there. Like that's actual arm strength. That's an NFL throw. And I was very encouraged with everything that he did, except for that one play. Uh, but I don't know where his read was starting because his head looks like he's looking down the hash. And he's looking down the hash. Adam Shane is wide open once he clears the linebackers. And the linebackers are actually leaving him So because he's looking them off. So I don't know. I I don't know what he was looking at on that play, but yeah, he came back to it, came back to it late, intercepted. That's not good. I think he'll fix that because it's true what Simon said. The worst thing that could happen there is that he completes it and then he thinks nothing was wrong with what he did, you know? But moving on with the rest of the offense, and, then, yeah, I know what we're going to get to eventually, uh, people. We're not going to ignore these guys. But let's talk about the skill, guys. I don't think we could talk too much about wide receivers because it was essentially just Matt Collins and Lynn Bowden since Devontae Parker didn't play, Albert Wilson didn't play, uh, Jalen Waddle didn't get a target, although he had a nice punt return, and Will Fuller is still training for the Tour de France. So I
3: don't think we could – He's, you know, unless he's training for next year's Tour de France. I mean, he's probably more likely to be in the Tour de France before he actually plays an NFL game again. So,
1: <laughs> so I don't know if we could talk about too much about the wide receivers. I guess Mike Collins, Okay, yeah, he was good. All right, and Lynn Bowden made some catches for the second team. Gasecki looks fantastic, but well, I guess we could talk a little bit about the running backs.
2: Why? Well, so, what it, I no, I think the receivers. I mean, you, you have to talk about them because like, first off, like, look at, look at the plays and look at how the bears had to play us. I mean, so this was, so we're, we don't have Devonte Parker out there and we don't have Will Fuller. Instead, we have, uh, Mac Collins and Jakeem Grant, which is like, you know, very poor man's Devonte Parker and, right. uh, and Will Fuller. It's right? like
3: Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito in
2: twins. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean so it's it's so it's it's a poor man's substitute mm. but but it's still structurally it's the same like matt collins is a bigger you know kind of a jump ball kind of kind of dude and um and jakeem grant very fast you know that's what like will fuller is um and then Jalen Waddell in the middle. So structurally, they had a you know, sort of somewhat similar, but obviously not the same cast. And look at, for example, on that third down play that the big one to Mike Kosicki, right? The big catch and run that he had over Alec- Alex Ogletree. Um, you look, look at how the Bears played them on this third and four, this is like third and four, where, where are the safeties on the, I mean, I can still count. I see nine players at the line of scrimmage. And I, I, that means there are two, I think you got, you got 11 men in football. That means there are two that aren't within like 12 yards or 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. They're, they're back deep on a third and four. And what that meant is like a lot of room underneath for Mike Gesicki to run an over route against Alex Ogletree by himself and, and, you know, that, that was how they covered. That was how they had to cover one of the top tight ends in the NFL. You know, he, and he is going to be one of the top five tight ends in the NFL. So I brought this up on a show a couple of weeks ago or whatever, like, like the guy who's going to eat here because of Jalen Waddle and the way this new offense is structured is, is definitely Mike Gesicki. You know, they can't play him the same way that they used to because they can't afford to. You know, if you have Will Fuller and and Jalen Waddle off to one side with Jalen in the in the slot, it's not the same. You just can't you can't play the you can't play Gatsiky the same way. The numbers and the spacing don't work out and work out. The man the Manning doesn't work out. So, uh, you know that big play there was a reason. You know, and that's that's what I took from it with from the skill position and the cast and the way it's structured and um, and even with you know guys that aren't even present on the field, you can feel it. And and so that's that's what I take. And as
1: far as the running backs, anything you guys want to add to that? Because I thought Savon Ahmed kind of I wouldn't call it a coming out party, but it's kind of obvious he's gonna be a big part of this offense. He does so many things well. He catches the ball just as good as Miles Gaskin does, and he seems to have a little bit more, I wouldn't call it oomph, but he's like speedier. he gets out there and he's he fast. has he he's just faster than Miles Gaskin. I think he's yep. a major part of the offense. I don't know if you saw anything different, Simon, with the rest of the the running backs.
3: No, I mean, uh, Chris actually made the point on Only Fins about Malcolm Brown because watching it, it, it did it like watching Jordan Howard all over again. Uh, it certainly wasn't the Malcolm Brown that um, I saw at the Rams. Um, obviously, he wasn't helped by the offensive line. Um, I quite like Miles Gaskin. I know Chris doesn't, um, but I felt like he left a few yards on the on the field. Um, but I like Ahmed; he's a good player. But uh, what I do think, and we'll get to it with the offensive line as well. I, I think these are the two critical areas that are really going to be the that are really going to um, kibosh the Dolphins' hopes. I think I just don't think the offensive line or the running game is strong enough for this team to go deep into the playoffs. Um, I just don't think they have the horses on in either unit, and and, and it's disappointing to look at the situation with the draft picks that Miami have had over the last few years and the way they position themselves because they've continually ignored the running back position for whatever reason. But, you know, you look around and you see that Jonathan Taylor looks like the best player in the Colts team this, this off season, you're know, like JK Dobbins is having a great camp. You look at, you know, some of the players that they part, other players they passed on last year and, and draft picks this year. So Javonta Williams, first two carries for the Broncos, both went for first downs. He's had a great camp. And you just think, you know, the opportunity was there to do something about that position. It's the same with the offensive line, and we'll get to it in a minute, but it it doesn't feel like we've got any better on the offensive line. Well, I mean, it doesn't feel like we've got any better for 15 years, but realistically, it doesn't feel like we've got any better from last year. And in a way, it feels like we've actually gone backwards. Um, So, but I like Ahmed. I think he's a decent player, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, because, um, you know, there's a battle there. I just doesn't feel like there's necessarily a, you know, there's not necessarily a bell cow, which, um, you know, we, we seem to be lacking and you, you've got this quarterback. You want him to, 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 be fantastic. You want to build around him. And yet you've it kind of feels like you're stymieing him at every turn because you, you, you just can't upgrade the positions that, you know, we, we can't seem to find a running back and we can't seem to find offensive lineman for whatever reason.
1: Although I think in the, in the red zone, these running backs will be effective catching the ball. They just don't, you know, they're just not going to make anything on their own. At least, at least they haven't so far in that one preseason game. And we've seen – well, I've seen camp, and it hasn't been pretty there either. So there's still time, but leads this leads us to the offensive line. And at first glance, it didn't look like almost anybody played well. It seems like maybe Jesse Davis played okay. Solomon Kinley was extremely average. Robert Hunt was actually good. Dieter was wallpaper. But Austin Jackson was – he was just bad. Like, did he do anything well, except for he did pick up a spin move to the inside from – I believe it was a second-team guy. He was wearing number 53. But other than that, what did Austin Jackson do well on Saturday, Simon?
3: Um, how long have we got for me to think – um, I thought it was a pretty bad performance. Uh, I know Chris has seen some things that he doesn't. Look, I, I think we're in this kind of situation, aren't we? And it goes back to what I talked about earlier on with Tua and the kind of the Justin Fields and, all. Oh, you know, my dad's bigger than your dad kind of thing. It, this this can be one of two things, or it could be the same thing. And I I, I think ultimately the truth lies somewhere in between, actually. We're overreacting. It was the preseason. It was game one of preseason with new offensive system, all sorts of different. You know, new player next to him potentially, um, you know, or at least has been with Liam Eichenberg and Kinley comes back in, and you know, it could be that it could be that he's regressed. He's having a sophomore slump, and this is something to really worry about. I suspect the truth lies somewhere in between. I don't think that he's had a bad camp, um, but I do think there were some reps at the weekend that were pretty worrying. Um, and I think they came both in pass pro where he looked slow and uh, bent at the waist. He looked cumbersome. Um, I thought he got blown off the ball a couple of times down at the goal line on the second drive after the Mike Kosicki long pass. You know, Malcolm Brown, on, you know, tried to, to run over the left side. He just got blown back into the backfield. I think the most worrying play was the touchdown pass to Ahmed with the uh, on the wheel route because he got absolutely abused. Um, and I think if Jacoby Brissett had held the ball for a second longer, he'd have got, he'd have got wiped out. So, look, I, I think there's plenty to work with. Are we overreacting? Was the overreaction on social media too much? Probably was, actually. But it, it's now getting towards situation critical because it doesn't feel to me like they're going to do anything necessarily. You know, realistically, do any of us think that Liam Eichenberg is going to be promoted to first team? Left tackle. I think it's really unlikely. It just mm-hmm. doesn't strike me as something that the Dolphins would do. But that line is a mess. It does not look good. It, you know, I can't think there's many worse offensive lines in the league. And I think they have fundamentally and systematically failed to upgrade it in a way in which they should have done, both in free agency but also in in the draft. You know, none of us liked Austin Jackson, uh, and I'm not. Yeah, you know, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to shit on the kid. You know, because I didn't think he was too bad last year, but you know, he looked like Austin Jackson at USC on on Sunday, and that was a concern given that he's had a year and a bit within the system. So, yeah, that line is going to be a real concern. And ultimately, you know, are you going to be able to hold? Look what happened in the Super Bowl. We saw, you know, can you can you realistically, you know, if we played Tampa Bay, could you realistically tell me that that line would would hold up against a, a Buccaneers pass rush? Because I think they'd get destroyed. Two would get destroyed, you know, and and the Dolphins would be in trouble. So. A lot to concern, um, but caution that we're not overreacting too much, I think would be what I'd say,
2: Chris. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you a question though. Um, what would be more concerning for you, like between you know two options here? You have a guy who's been on the team and he clearly just had probably the worst outing we've seen him have. I mean, would that be? Yeah, it was. It was 25 snaps, fair. five oh, pressures.
1: He yeah, allowed five pressures. Yeah.
2: So probably the worst outing we've ever seen him have. Yes, he's in his second year. But yes, it was also the literally the first action of, of the season, the first real action, full, full speed, game conditions, and everything. Um, would you be more concerned about that, or would you be more concerned about, you know, guys – who went out there and just looked like who they are and who we know them to be. And it wasn't enough, <laughs> you know, um, because that's, that's what I came away with. Like Austin Jackson, I'm almost willing to give him a pass on the, like a hall, you know, a, a pass on this first game. It was the first action of the season, first full live, you know, game speed, everything. And yeah, he had, he went out and had a bad showing. Um, I don't think he showed nothing because, you know, frankly, there were, there were plays, there were good plays. And there was also, there's, there's aspects of his game. That's like, this is who he is on run blocking. This is what he, who he is in space. This is, who, you know, he was who he is in many ways. He just, he just also fucked it like, and, 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 on a couple of plays. Um, and so, you know, do, can we, can we give him a pass for that and say, well, we've, we've got to see more before we really hit the panic button. Um, but at the same – the point that I made in, in uh, OnlyFans, I was like, well, you know, but at the same time, you do kind of get the feeling that if you're too patient here and you're like, well, we're not going to start giving Leon Eichenberg uh, some some snaps at left tackle, if we don't even do that, then then we could regret that down the road. We'll be like, oh, now we're scrambling to, you know, for something and um, and we're not preparing, we're not proactively uh, preparing so i kind of i kind of agree both ways there's some other guys on the line you know this solomon kinley kind of was who he is like there's 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 issues there and there have been since college
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh you know he, he there's definitely highs there's definitely attractive qualities but there, there's there's a lot of stuff that that he when he was making mistakes it's like this is this is part of who he is michael dieter you know wallflower this is who he is. Like, this is who he's, who he's been. You need, you need him to be more than that. I mean, Robert Hunt was the only real, you know, Jesse Davis, he kind of limitations trying to get East West on outside zone, but, you know, looking a little bit stronger on inside zone or, or duo when he's got, when he's able to double team people, um, you know this is who he is and and robert hunt was the guy that was like well that that actually looked like a a a fairly good quality offensive lineman it it just seems like everything the simons talked about with the offensive line it's just all coming home to roost because Mm. you talk about guys like austin jackson not neither we wouldn't have drafted him right (laughs) Mm -hmm. i mean i'm not trying to say that we should be gm of the dolphins i'm just saying like you know they're there's, there's gotta be some reason some people are like looking at him at a USC and they're like, they're really kind of concerned about him. Um, and you know, Solomon Kinley, you, you knew he had warts. as a reason he was, he went as low as he did and, uh, and, and maybe should have even gone lower. Uh, Michael Dieter. I mean, I wasn't a fan of his, I don't know how anybody else felt, about it I wasn't a fan of his coming out. Um, Jesse Davis. We know that he's like average at best, wherever you put him. And, and that's like on his best games. He's average on his on his normal game. He's probably like sub average, um, and and so all you really have to hang your hat on on this offensive line is one guy, Robert Hunt, that you think might be able to play really well at right card. Mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's fucking it. And that and that that's awful. That that is really bad to like sit here and look at that and like yeah, the offense might be such, the skill positions might be such, the structure, the play calling might be such. That we're not seeing the weakness as much. And we're like, you know, okay, well, we're still able to be a productive offense and, and, you know, maybe they're not having their weaknesses. They can gel as a unit. They got the chemistry, you know, all that stuff that, that really is just code for, for skill position and, and play callers doing a good job. Um, yeah, that could still definitely happen. But at the same time, you're like, well, what have you done with this unit? It's like what you've done at the running backs unit. You got Malcolm Brown. And, you know, if he wants to be Marshawn Lynch, he's got to eat a hell of a lot. He's got to eat a truckload of Skittles at this point because mm-hmm. like he's he is not. Um, I, I think that, yeah, it, it's coming. It, it's really coming home to roost the offensive line and the running back position, which I didn't get a chance to talk about before. But like Gaskin, I, it's not that I hate him or anything. It's just like he's very average out there. And, and, like, you need to make plays, right? You need to make plays to win these games. Like, some, at some point, a defensive player is going to come at you and, like, make a good play. And your guy is going to have to go up against him, and he has to make a better play. And it's like, when is our guy going to make the better play? And and that's that's what I see about the running backs unit. I only saw, you know, Savon Ahmed looked interesting because of his speed. You know, uh, there, were, there were points where uh, I thought Jordan Scarlett looked interesting because of uh, what he could do. Um, as a backfield in the backfield, as a pass protector, uh, as long as you don't throw them the hand, the ball and and then brick hands show up, um, so I, I think that I think that along that those two units, the running backs and the offensive line, you know, there's really some things that are kind of coming home here, and it's it's making me pretty uncomfortable.
3: Who, how many of the the offensive linemen would start for for another team in the NFL? I think that's the ultimate question. And yeah. I don't think I don't think many of them would. Maybe one hundred. I can't see anybody else start, and that's a damning indictment of how bad it's that line very, is. Very damning.
1: Yeah, I think Robert Hunt would, but it's you know let's not sell how you know let's not sell the rest of the league and their offensive lines because offensive line play is absolutely disastrous across the league. Definitely, there's maybe three teams with good offensive line. Everybody else has essentially the same garbage we saw out there on Saturday. Not not able to run outside zone. Not not even. Uh, doing the uh, you can't they, we couldn't even execute split zone and when we did our iso blocks that's the only thing we could do right because all you're doing is hitting a three tech together at the same time and if you can't do that you can't drive them four yards down the field then you just don't belong on an nfl field so
3: and the thing is as well i mean there's one guy on that line robert hunt that you could kind of you could build around and he's a right guard Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, he's not a right tackle yeah. or a left tackle or a center. He's a right guard, you
2: know? and, and you're not exactly sure that he's like uh, what's his name, uh, the guy that uh, played right guard for the Ravens for so long, or yeah, um, Marshall Yanda. He's not Marshall right. Yander. He's not exactly Marshall Yanda that you're sure yeah. yet.
3: <laughs> so I, I suppose it raises the question for me. You know, people talk about trades and stuff. Uh, at what point do the Dolphins start to because? Alf's just made the point, and we've been making it on social media the last 48, 72 hours, it, it, you know, the line play in the league is not very good, and teams are going to be reticent to give up starting-caliber offensive linemen. But at what point do you look around and think, we're not going to get anything done with this line? You know, you look at the Bills line, you look at the Patriots line, you know, even without Dante Skarnack here now, there's they're still, still a quality line. You know, you look around, even the Jets, uh, you know, they've made upgrades. At what point do you look around and think, you know, we've got talent at receiver, But realistically, Devontae Parker is the only player that's going to get us any sort of return where we could, you know, invest. We obviously have the extra draft pick the year after next. But, you know, at what point do you look at a cornerback, Nick Needham playing really well on the outside? You know, at what point do you look at a Byron Jones and think, maybe, you know, would you trade Byron Jones for Eric McCoy, for example? Mm. You know, at what point do you have to start looking at these things? Because it's so bad. (laughs)
1: yes yes it is Uh, i guess we could move on to the defense and the defense gave up its first first down with 27 seconds left in the first half and the first three drives for justin fields i know everybody's going crazy over how well justin fields played and he did destroy what was essentially the third team, dolphins but the first three drives with justin fields were three three and outs and one of those he fumbled and i don't know how the hell we didn't get it But Javon Holland was diving on top of it, and somehow Justin Fields beat him to it. So I don't know. On the defensive end, I found nothing to be unhappy about, especially considering that they were sitting both corners, both ends. They they limited snaps for Raekwon Davis. Very happy with the defense. Your thoughts, Simon?
3: Uh, Yeah, I thought the defense, especially the first team defense, played really well. I thought, um, oh, Nick Needham. Mm -hmm looked outstanding, frankly. I thought he played really well. Eric Rowe's a really good player. You know, that's not that's not a surprise for anyone. Um, you know, you worry about the lack of juice sometimes in the pass rush, but Christian Wilkins kind of takes those strides, provides a little bit of rush inside. Um, and I thought, you know, it was interesting to get to see noah Ibnogane. Chris talked about it on Only Fins, and I, th- I, I agree with him. I, I thought, actually, he played pretty well. Um, I thought he played pretty well. It's... um you know, the defense is not the question though for this team is that it's not too far away from being a really, really high caliber defense. But, uh, and actually Chris mentioned in the only Finch chat, actually the, what the player that stood out for me was, um, was big Tyshon render, um, mm. who actually looks like he's gone away. You know, we talked earlier on about Austin Jackson and the offensive line, how they haven't traded on render looks like, a you know, a, a solid rotational piece in there. Now he looks like he's, he's filled out. He's a big, beefy human being. um, and I saw some nice juice from him. Actually, looked like he looked like, a, he, looked like um, he looked like he could be a solid contributor in there. It'll be interesting to see which five players they dump in the next twenty four hours because they've got to get down to to eighty five. But but yeah, I thought um, I thought Rendon played well. But I, Nick Needham looks a really good player. And actually, I thought you know it, it seems pretty. It's going to be interesting to see where he plays because it feels like Justin Coleman's played pretty mm-hmm. much all the snaps. You know, in the nickel in inverted commerce. Um, you know. So it will be interesting to see what happens and when because you know Needham's a good player and he needs to be on the field. So um it is gonna be interesting to see what what happens and how they how they just try and fit everybody, out, how they fit all those defensive backs on the field, you know. McCourty and Holland showing up in the last ten days and you know, who's gonna the um Javaris Davis who played pretty well, you know, where are they, where are they gonna play all these kids?
1: Even though Noah Benagini got into the act and made you know, a play.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. A, play a couple. Well. He made he made several. Yeah, made several plays.
1: But what I'm I mean, really, really interested in,
2: and and I'll ask you,
1: Chris, and then you could go on with, with whatever you want to talk about as far as the secondary. But Justin Coleman, Nick Needham, like this is a real competition for snaps, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because If a team is going to keep us in, like if a team is going to run twelve personnel out there, I don't think we're going to get into too much time. Which means it's one or the other, right? We're not going to sit Byron Jones or Xavier Howard. Those guys are going to play every single snap. And you got to figure that Eric Rowe is going to play pretty much every snap. So Mm -hmm. what do these guys figure in? Because I love what both guys did. First of all, Nick Needham was spectacular in coverage. And Justin Coleman was coming in hot and laying some licks, playing physically. And
2: I don't know. I like both. But what do you see on it? Nick Needham and Justin Coleman is like where competition goes, right. You know, that's where that's, this is why coaches like go to the cliche all the time. You know, they, they get these guys competing with each other and they both sort of, you know, elevate. And I mean, cause, cause obviously Nick Needham was making plays during the game, but Justin Coleman had, had a good, at least one good, really good play himself. Um, and you know, that's, this is the competition. So, uh, it sort of beggared belief or uh, everything that we were hearing about the secondary and camp um, and how many big plays and the, the offense was making and the wide receivers and stuff like that. Because even without Xavier and Howard there, you're still talking about Byron Jones and we know is really good and can play. You're still talking about Nick Needham, who we see, you know, right here in the, in, on the field when, like he's really good. Justin Coleman is competing really heavily and, and that's hot. And I think both players are good. Um, Noah Igbenogany. I, I don't think he f- suddenly forgot how to play football and, and became even worse than he was at Auburn's for some reason, um, you know, and and then you s- stick in Jason McCourty starts coming down f- to the outside uh because J- javon holland is playing more deep center field now and so jason McCordy, i mean this guy has been in the league for a long time we know he can play he played really well at various stops uh on the outside as a corner you got all these players that can play and so and then you got all these reports of like oh they're the the secondary is being abused and thank god we got Xavier howard back and stuff like that well, that's why i said before the game i was like hey Pay attention not just to the wide receivers, you know, and whether we're making explosive passing plays, but also pay attention to that secondary and see if they're they're holding their own. Because if they're holding their own, then it's sort of a notch in favor of the wide receivers and the the, the passing offense and Tua and what they were doing in camp. Because I don't think these guys just like suddenly, these guys in the secondary just all of a sudden became terrible. Um, and sure enough, we get on the actual football field, actual game, they're not terrible. And we saw that. So, uh, so we have good competition. We have good depth there. Javaris Davis really stood out to me. Um, I, you know, as far as depth goes, look at where he played and when he played during that game. He was high in the rotation, and um, and I think that that bodes well for him. Um, and then uh, and then you, you go up front, and I think that some other guys that you know, like Simon said, with um, with Tyson Render. I mean, he just looked like an NFLer right? <laughs> yeah, And it was, it was very different from what we, um, from what I anyway, personally had, had thought about him last year. Um, so you know, there's some, there's some guys back there that, uh, that are worth watching. Um, Jonathan Ledbetter showed up. I mean, I don't know if anybody was watching him, but he, mm-hmm. um, but he really, I mean, he, he looks like he belongs in this defense and he plays well in it. Um, you know, every now and then there might be a play that's like uh, maybe a little bit more from him on that, but you know, he played well. Um, I thought that, you know, for somehow, uh, Clayton Fajetalem actually had it played well, which mm-hmm. was a little weird. Um, and, but, you know, all the power to him second year in the system, you know, maybe it just makes more sense to him now. And he's just more confident and, and letting his ability to t- take over. And, and I hope that he is, he is that kind of player. Shaquem Griffin was the guy that poked that ball out that you were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, Justin Colm or Justin Fields out to the sideline. Uh Shaquem Griffin snuck up with him and, um, and and poked the ball out with his uh, with his one and only hand. <laughs> and um, and so and that was that was a really good play. He was a spark plug. So um, there's some really good stuff out there with the uh, the wide receiver or not the wider. The, the defensive backs and the defensive players in general uh, all through the depth chart. I think it's going to be interesting to watch.
1: Yeah, and Jalen Phillips was not in uniform, which was odd because he pra- he practiced all week and he hit he hit people all week, but they mm-hmm. held him out of the game. Uh, they're doing something with him. I think they they have him on some type of pitch count where they don't want to play him until they do play him because mm-hmm. he is number one on the depth chart. Uh, one guy that I, I'll, I'll you know it's going to be two guys. I'm gonna point out two guys that I thought disappointed: Jason Strobridge and Benito Jones. Benito Jones was essentially like useless (laughs) like he he played some snaps especially on third team and didn't do much so you know and he's a guy who always looks good in camp and strobridge had been coming on in camp but i agree with you uh tyson render for a couple of years now he just looks he looks the part right he's a great athlete look you know long lean maybe now is when he could maybe grab a roster spot although it's gonna be tight but I was extremely impressed with the entire defense uh, until the, those third-teamers came on. And, you know, Game Pass is not giving us all 22 yet, and mm-hmm. I don't think they will for, like, the first four weeks of the season. Crazy. They're, they're having some type of rebuild on their website. I'm so pissed but off I, about that, by the way. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, and their whole site is a mess. It's a disaster. But I, I would love to know who blew that coverage on Jesse James. But we won't know for now. <laughs> Brian no, Flores says he's going to look into
2: it. It's either Duke Riley or um or the the defensive back uh, who's um, I'm now I'm now forgetting his name. But by the um, way, throw
1: um, him yeah. on the list of guys that didn't impress. Duke Riley was not very good in this
2: game. Except PFF like thought he was just wiling out out there for some reason. Yeah, I don't know like, what like they watched. Him, they gave him a great they gave him a great review or a great you know game grade. Which yeah, I don't, is like, I, don't yeah. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I didn't see it. Okay, I did not see yeah. where he played this
2: great game. I thought Calvin. I thought Munson played all right. You know, I yeah, thought- he played all right. He he did have like a, a bad a bla- bad play on like a a big run late later in the game that you know I saw, but um, but otherwise, like he was he was inside out too, like hmm. he was playing outside linebacker, you know, up on the line of scrimmage and everything, and he was also playing inside linebacker. So that kind of tells you what they think that you know he could he could help doing this uh this defense
0: well
1: all right well this week they have joint practices with the Atlanta Falcons and a game on Saturday so I guess they would go a little longer maybe an entire half but you know I think we came away from this game kind of positive kind of thinking all right most of the team is squared away offensive line needs help they still have time who knows if a trade happens but That's it for this week. We will talk to you in the middle of the week. I guess we will talk about the joint practices. But till then.
2: Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on
0: Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check.